0: Doing our series today, continuing in Math in Isaiah. So, if you want to turn Isaiah chapter nine and you verse six, we've looked at this verse now. This will be our third week, and uh, so we're going to look at Isaiah again. He gives us uh, some names of the Messiah, the child that was to be born. And so, let's read verse six once again. It says, "For unto us a child is born." unto us a son is given, the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, which is the name we're focused on today, and the Prince of Peace, and let's have prayer again. Lord, will you bless us and give us wisdom and help us to have understanding, and Lord, I do want to thank you that in spite of unexpected things and No one anticipated Christmas being kind of like it is this year. And Lord, we realize because of Jesus Christ, there's hope. Because of Jesus Christ, we still have joy. And so Lord, may you help us to be able to realize and to celebrate. Bless each person today. Minister to us and help us. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Charles Schultz, it was back in 1965 that he came out with Charlie Brown Christmas. Everybody was excited about that, except once they had saw it, the CBS executives were not very excited. And uh, they told Schultz, they said, we don't like this spiritual aspect of what's happening. And he said, if you can't put spirituality or the reason we have Christmas into the story, why do it? Well, then somebody said, it's just dangerous. And Schultz said, if we don't do it, who's going to? Some of the executives said, you know what? If it it's too late for us to do anything about it now, but it'll probably be the end of Peanuts being on TV. It's going to be, uh, one of the producers said, the way that they talked, we thought it was going to be just uh, uh, the end of Charlie Brown. Uh, just a disaster. Instead, it got good ratings. The next year it won an Emmy and a Peabody Award, and it's been a tradition in many people's lives. And of course, Charlie Brown says in the movie, "Does there anybody that knows the true meaning of Christmas? Of course, Linus, whose part was actually read by an eight-year-old boy named Christopher Shea, Linus says, well, sure, I know the true meaning of, of Christmas Charlie Brown. And he gets up on stage and has them to turn on the lights. And he reads Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 18, or verse 8 through verse 14. Now there were in the, in the now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And Linus says, and Charlie Brown, that's the reason we have Christmas. Well, if you was to ask Isaiah about Christmas, he would tell you this child truly is a special child. This one that's born. He would be the wonderful counselor. The mighty God. And the everlasting father. Now when you get to the part where we say everlasting father. Some would say well wait a minute. What's going on here? I believe that Isaiah messed up. He didn't really comprehend. it. didn't really mean to say that. Now, I want you to know something. Take comfort in this. He didn't mess up. He did mean to say that. Some people think, well, wait a minute. Is he denying? Is he denying the Trinity? No, he's not denying the Trinity. There's some people that may assume that somehow or another he, he messed up or doesn't believe in the Trinity. Listen, the Trinity, although the word's not used in the Bible, but it's seen throughout the Bible, especially as you read backwards and you go back even into Genesis, the very first chapter of Genesis. It says, God said, let us make man in our image. Who's he talking about? It's the Trinity. So even in Genesis 1, we see the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Three persons in one. Three persons in one. Now, there's been some that have said, well, modalism is what they called it. And they said, you know what? God just appears in one of those molds at certain times and, uh, and that's how it is. Well, the early church councils back in the 300s said that's heresy. That if you look at Jesus' baptism, you have Jesus being baptized, the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a dove and then you have God the Father speaking from heaven saying this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And so you have all three. So there are three persons. God is three persons, yet he's one God, the Trinity. And so some think, well, did he just get confused then with what who Jesus this baby is? No, Isaiah realized we're talking about the second person of the Trinity, the Son. He realizes that, but he's describing him. And so, when we move, we ask ourselves, what's he trying to be able to say by calling Jesus the everlasting Father? I want to give you four things. And then, I'm going to want to look specifically at one of these. So let's look at these four reasons why he, Isaiah, says he is the everlasting Father. So let's just start by saying this. He calls him the everlasting Father first because he is basically confessing that this child is God. He's God. How can you be eternal or everlasting, have no beginning or no end unless you're God? He's basically saying the baby that we're talking about, Jesus Christ, He fulfills this in the New Testament, the only person that could is God. That kind of helps us as we go back and realize what He said in Isaiah 7, verse 14, that a virgin would come and bring forth a baby and we realized that how could a baby be God unless it was born of a virgin unless God was the one that had brought him and she became pregnant through the Holy Spirit and so it's because the, this just helps to confirm and reassert that Isaiah 7.14 is a prophecy about Jesus Christ And so, he's saying then, calling him everlasting father, one, to be able to say he is God. Here's a second reason. Second reason is to make a revelation about who God is. When Jesus came, part of the reason he came to earth was to reveal to us who God is. Now, in uh, the book of uh, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1, it starts off like this. It says, God who at sundry times or at various times and in sundry or various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days he's spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express or the exact image of his person, and so basically he's saying if you want to see God, you just have to look at Jesus. Let me give you a quote from Billy Graham. This is I'm quoting. This is what exactly what he said. He said, "If you want to know what God is like, then take a long and I emphasize long, a long look at Jesus Christ because he was God in the flesh. In Jesus were displayed not only the perfections that had been exhibited at creation, such as wisdom, power, majesty, but also such perfections as justice, mercy, grace, and love. And just in case you need some extra scriptures of the New Testament to help to go along with this, listen, here's what 1 Timothy 3.16 says, God was manifested. That word manifested means to be made known. God was made known in the flesh. In Colossians 2.9, it says this, In Him, in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And in John chapter 14, which provides a lot of comfort for people, remember how it starts off? Jesus said, You believe in God? Believe in me also. In other words, I'm equal with God. Jesus came to be able to make God known. That's one of the reasons, one of His purpose, was so that we could know what God is like. If you was trying to communicate with animals, with birds, with insects, how could you do that? How could you communicate with them? If you was trying to help them, how would you be able to communicate? You couldn't unless you became one. And God so wanted to communicate with us that he became a man. And so, Part of the reason he calls him Everlasting Father is because he's going to reveal to us what God the Father is like. And then here's a third reason. And it's the reason that we're going to look at a little more closely. And that is that Jesus took on traits of a father. So there's certain things and aspects that we get from our fathers. By the way, today there's a lot of people that say we don't even need dads. They think that dads... Uh, and families, that's just a thing of the past. Let me tell you something, God knows exactly what he's doing when he instituted the family, when he instituted marriage. We had a wedding yesterday, and God knows exactly what he's doing with with, uh, making that the first institution that's given to us, marriage. Between a husband and wife and fathers are important. And you can look at statistics, and we've done that in the past, of how important dad's roles are. And you know, 40, I think it's 44%, 43% of children today live in a home with no fathers. Well, suicides. 63% of young people who commit suicide come from fatherless homes. 90% of those that are homeless come from fatherless homes. 85% of those juveniles that are in prison, fatherless homes. You know what that means? It means that dads are important and it's not just in that type of well-being but also spiritually it's also if you if if you want your children in church or if you want them to know God fathers play a huge role in how they uh, grow up and their understanding of who God is and so Jesus exhibits many of the traits that are needed we're going to look at that a little bit more closely And then here's a fourth reason that he called himself the everlasting father. And that is, it can be translated this way, father of eternity, father of eternity. Now, some people have questioned and said, yeah, but would a Hebrew actually translate it like that? Father of eternity. Because what would that mean? Father would mean it's almost like someone that was first or in control. Like if, you know, the father of our nation, George Washington. Because he was the first president. He set the standard. what the Bible tells us about resurrection? Jesus was the first fruit. Meaning there's more to come, more to follow. He opened the door. He's opened the path. And to be able to translate it this way, it would flow and go with Scripture. For example, you know John 3.16, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. Well, who could grant everlasting life? I mean, why? Because you believe in Jesus, you can have everlasting life. Why is that so? It's so because Jesus suffered on the cross and then rose again. By rising again, you know what He proved? (laughs) He proved that His death on the cross actually paid the sin penalty he proved by rising again that he was perfect that he was the son of God and therefore he is the way into eternity he is the one that's in charge and so to call him the father of eternity it just makes sense it goes with John 3 16 so why did he say that everlasting father He said it because he's confessing to us that this child is God. He said it because we realize that he's making a revelation. He's revealing to us who God the Father is. Because Jesus himself took on traits of a father. And Jesus is the way of eternity. Now let's just take a moment and let's, let's focus upon what children. And I'm talking about children, including us. What we need. As far as a father, if Jesus took on the traits of a father, what traits did he take on? And do we need these? And we do. And so the first one we want to look at is actually love. Margaret was picking up a book for, for Christmas. She was reading uh, Christmas in Harmony. It's Philip Gully. So in the, the main character, Sam, he's a pastor of a Quaker church. Sam's out with his father in a shop. And his father gets the news that Sam's grandfather has just died. Well, Sam's kind of taken back just a little bit because he hasn't seen his father actually show much emotion. But he hears his father sniffling. He goes over and he puts his hand on his father's shoulder, tries to pat him and comfort him, and here's what his dad said. His dad said, you know, all I really wanted All I really desired was for my father to tell me that he loved me and that he was proud of me. He said, but I never heard those words and now I never will. Sam was kind of taken back a little bit and then he says, his father looks at him he says, now son, I don't want that to be true in your life. So I want you to listen to me. I love you. And I'm proud of you. The man that you've become I'm proud of you. Later on, Sam's asked, what is the most memorable present you ever received at Christmas? Because it was about a Christmas time when all this scene had taken place. And so he's thinking back in his life and he mentions that very scene. He said, it was when my father told me that he loved me and that he was proud of me. Jesus was a person that had exhibited love. And so, remember when the widow was, the widow had lost her son, the widow of Nain. The Bible says that Jesus told her to quit weeping. He had compassion. And He gave her back her son. Because of love. When Jesus saw the crowds and how hungry He was, He had compassion upon them. Because of love. Jesus loves. Remember, The disciples during the when they was meeting for Passover and how they didn't want to wash each other's feet. They were too proud. And Jesus took time to wash their feet. You know why he did that? Because he loved them. He was patient with them and Jesus exhibited love. He loves us. And part of a desire of children. Is to be loved. You want to give them a gift. We think it's got to be expensive or got to be this. And more than anything else, children just need to know. More than anything, they're loved. And Christ provides that. The everlasting father, he had the trait of a dad of love. Remember Jesus told the parable of the prodigal son? Now you wouldn't think anybody could love that boy. He basically told his dad, I wish you were dead. Took his money and left. But you know what the Bible tells us? That the father was there every day looking for his son. You know why? Because he loved his son. And when he saw him, he ran to him. It was not appropriate for a, a, a man of his stature to run. But he didn't care what anybody said. He wanted to get to his son because he loved his son. And the, Jesus loves us, so he exhibited Love. And not just love. Jesus exhibited approval. Dad's children long for their dad's approval. To be able to hear their dad say, I'm proud of you. J.D. Greer, president of our convention, said that young lady graduated from school. She is the top of her class. And as they were having graduations, they kept calling her name. She kept winning awards. She said, in my mind, I pictured walking across that aisle, graduations over with, and my dad just going through the crowd and coming up and giving me a hug and saying, I'm proud of you. Way to go. She said, I was coming off that stage, and I looked out, and there comes my dad. She said, my dream was coming true. She said, my dad made his way up, and he said, Your mom and I, we're headed home. We're going to beat the crowd. We'll see you. She said, my psychologist tells me that's part of my problem today. You know what? Dads, your approval. Children just, they long for that. You know what Jesus did? Jesus told the disciples, he said, you know what's going to happen? Greater things that you've seen me do, you're going to do. Now some people said, wait a minute, that kind of puzzles me. How can you, Jesus did so many miracles, how could the disciples do greater things? I'll tell you how. Because they were commissioned to share the gospel. And as they shared the gospel, the gospel is transforming. It's not not just a physical miracle that takes place it's a miracle on the inside that transforms a person and causes a person to be a new creation in Christ to be able to have a new home and a new purpose and go and the disciples would change the world with this message and therefore would accomplish even greater things than what Jesus did upon the earth but it's through him that they would do it Jesus told the disciples he said listen You, I'm giving you this great commission. You need to be able to go and you're going to make a difference and make an impact. And so Jesus provided that approval. And you know what he does for us today? He reminds us there's people that just don't feel loved. God loves you and he approves of you and he's letting you know that you can have a purpose and you can make a difference in your life. And regardless of what you've done, it's not too late. And God can make, transform you and change you. And you know what? Jesus also would tell his disciples, he said, you know, he told a parable. that One day you'll stand before the Father. And what, you know what the word you want to hear? Well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. And that should be our desire, to live for the Lord and be able to hear him say, well done. Here's, a, here's another thing. Jesus provided protection. Now, I already said that there's many people that get their ideal about God from their fathers. And unfortunately, there's some people that have the wrong ideal about God from their fathers. They've been abandoned. Their fathers have been absent. Some of them, it's not just that they weren't present. They just not, they don't care. And then there's some that's been abused. I mentioned J.D. Greer, he had told this statistic 90% porn models were abused by their fathers. 90%? Those men that look at that stuff, what you're looking at is a lady that's probably been abused. That ought to break your heart. The role that a dad has is important. And at Christmas time, we stop and think, especially this year, there's so many people with broken hearts, people that have been abused, abandoned. You know what they need? Christ. He provides what your dad couldn't provide. Love that's permanent. You want his approval. And Jesus Christ provides a protection. Those dads that abuse those girls, they should have been, those are the they were looking for their dads to protect them. Christ is your protection. You know what he says? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. In John 10, you know what he says? When you're in my hand, no one can snatch you from it. Now here on this earth, we're going to go through some difficulties. That's true. That's true. But the Lord will never leave us. And you know what? We may have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we'll be like David. And you know what David said? Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. And we learn from Wednesday night, Jesus took the sting right out of death. And so we have nothing to fear. Why do we celebrate? Why is Christmas so important? And why is this name so important? The Everlasting Father. Because there's some people that have a hard time at Christmas and Jesus is your answer. He's the Everlasting Father. He's what a dad should be. Now as we have sum up today, you know what we should stop and think? Christmas is a special time. and We've got families that just need to stop and be able to recommit themselves. we got dads, men that need to recommit themselves. we got people that that have been hurt so badly that need to be able to come back to Christ. He is your answer. He is the one that can be able to provide what you need. Don't ever doubt Jesus' love. His death on the cross proves it. This baby coming to the world just for you. Jesus longs. He longs to have a relationship with you. He longs to be able to love you and to see you to grow and to be able to give you His approval. He's there as a protector and friend and He will never leave you or forsake you and He's going to be there to the end. Let's take a moment. Let's have prayer. Lord, I thank You for letting us this day study Your Word. And as we realize these What Isaiah said is so true of Jesus Christ, so describes Him, the everlasting Father. And Lord, today, this era that we're in, this time that we're in, we know we need to be prepared for eternity, and Jesus is the answer. And we long for assurance and security. And Christ is that answer, and Lord. As we look at the Nativity and we see Baby Jesus, we realize you—he came a baby. You became a baby just for us because you love us. So, Lord, may you help us to grasp this truth. May it change Christmas for us, and help us to truly be like Linus helping Charlie Brown may we understand what the real meaning of Christmas is about and may it give us a whole different outlook may you bless each person today now as we leave Lord we ask your blessings in Jesus name